Welcome to the Healing Herb Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. one of those episodes that I hope reaches every single person who needs it right now. So thank you so much for joining us again today on the Healing Her podcast. I've been wanting to talk about this subject for a really long time, but I also wanted to make sure that it was given the appropriate space to be discussed because the answers to it aren't just black or white. And I also knew how important it was to have someone have this conversation with me who just gets it, who is living it, who can speak to those who need to hear it in a way that many people can't. Today we're going to be answering the question, how do I find meaning after loss? And it's a question that I'm still uncovering my own answers to. So it feels complicated to me still. It felt really complicated for me for a long time. And honestly, it still does. But it's also a part of the grieving process that can help bring healing into our lives. So joining me today is someone that I admire. I look up to her so much. I respect her so, so much. And I was just so excited to be able to hug in person today. And when she said yes, that she would come and be on the Healing Her podcast while I'm up here in Utah, I honestly just wanted to like jump out of my chair. <laughs> I felt like my my soul was jumping out of my body because not only did I know that what you have to say is going to help so many people, but selfishly, I was so excited to meet you. <laughs> and so anyways, without any further delay, today we have Tara Jones here with us. And Tara and her family, and specifically her angel daughter, Indy, have touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people around the world as Tara has shared their loss and heartache, and also the light and love of their daughter, Indy, which I'm going to let her talk about in her own words here in a minute. But I honestly just feel so honored to have you. Like, I am getting teary even just talking to you. I feel so honored to have you in this conversation with me today to be sitting in your car. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and energy to come and be here with me today to do this. I feel just as honored when you asked me. <laughs> it was overwhelming, just honored that you would ask me to be on this podcast and that I can share something that might be helpful to some of you going through really hard things. And you're, I've looked up to Ashley for years as I've watched her go through so many difficult, hard things and really have admired the way that you continue to shine you're and so help sweet. so many people and to be sitting in this car, our car, having this conversation feels really surreal and I'm honored and excited. Something that I love about you is you've been so real and raw in your grief journey, which isn't required of you, but something that I always look to you for is you you are the first person to say, I had a good day and also I'm also having a hard time or yeah. I'm happy and there's joy and I'm also full of heartache and sadness. Like you don't shy away from all of the complex emotions that grief brings. And I hate that you understand these feelings that you understand. And I also honor them so much because I can see you giving space for all of the feelings that you have, which I don't think people realize until you're in it yourself how hard that is to mm -hmm. do. 
and how much healing requires all of that emotion, the hard and the good. And it, it can feel easier, I think, a lot of the times to press down and to try to just press away the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. But you don't do that. And that's another one of the reasons why I was like, man, if she could just come and talk to me and talk to us, there's so much for me to learn from you and and so much from so many people to learn from you um and I just want to let you know that I love that about you also something that Tara did is she brought me a gift which we're going to talk about this throughout the episode but it was so meaningful because another thing that I love about you is you look for meaning for you and and Indy I feel like everywhere and you do it in such a way that at least from my perspective looking in allows her light to keep shining in so many places it's almost like Indy lives with you mm-hmm. and you feel her everywhere and then you show that to everyone else yes <laughs> and I'm excited to hear that in your own yeah. words. So I need to stop talking now but I feel like I could just ramble forever because of how much <laughs> I love you but I would love to start wherever you want to start of for anyone who is new to your story and, and is hearing from you for the first time, introducing Indy to okay. them and your family to them so that we can all be on the same page now of why it is so important for us to be having this conversation and hearing yeah. from you of how do you make meaning in your life after loss. Okay, well, talking about Indy is my most favorite thing to do, and it's also the hardest thing to do because there's so much pain and love there all at the same time. Um, I'm so excited to share with you Indy. She is she is a light. She is a joy. She is the cutest little girl, and she was born with Down syndrome. So my husband and I, we went through five years of infertility, and um, Indy came to us through in vitro fertilization, and she was a twin, and we lost her twin when I was 11 weeks pregnant, and that was a devastating loss, and we had had a miscarriage before that as well. But then Indy was born, and she surprised us all with Down syndrome, and that in itself was a grief process something we had to wrap our heads around. And my husband is wonderful and it took him eight hours after she was born. And then he was like, no, we're doing this. And she's amazing, we're gonna be amazing. We're gonna have an amazing life with her, we're doing this. And that makes me emotional too. I I feel sad that I grieved Down syndrome because it ended up just being the most magical part of my life. And it, it took me a little bit longer than my husband, but. The, the grief kind of came and went probably in waves with the hormones when I was postpartum um, for the first six months. And after that, it was just like, wow, she is incredible. She's amazing. The cutest little girl. And I never had any intentions for social media. It wasn't something that I had done before or was super into, but I just started sharing her pictures online and created a blog and shared our birth story and how she surprised us with Down syndrome. And that kind of went viral. And people fell in love with Indy, and it happened pretty quickly. And my social media account grew rather quickly on Instagram um, because she's just so cute. Everybody just loved watching her videos and, and seeing her pictures. Then when she was 18 months old, she was diagnosed with cancer. 
Um, I started noticing signs here and there when she was younger. Um, I'm a nurse. I worked. I was a pediatric nurse, and so I've seen these signs. And then I'm, I'm a nurse practitioner now, and and I had some worries, but we couldn't ever nail anything down with her doctor. And then when she was 18 months old, after you know two months of just being sick, she was diagnosed with cancer, and it, it's myelodysplastic syndrome, which is a form of leukemia. Um, so we began our journey through cancer. And it lasted four years. <laughs> so it was, you know, very up and down. It was, you know, she she did amazing through her treatments and and then she relapsed and you know, the whole journey. That's that's a a whole podcast episode, I feel like, if I share that whole journey. But it just, you know, through cancer. She fought cancer for four years. In between that time we had a surprise little girl a pregnancy that was a complete surprise like for the first time in seven years we were trying to prevent pregnancy (laughs) and I got pregnant Um, and she ended up being such a such a gift to help us through the turbulence that was about to come but our brave little Indy fought cancer for four years and she captured hearts all around the world because she did it with joy she was always smiling and always laughing and Um, She would run around the halls of the cancer unit with her bright purple walker and just make everybody smile, go and say hi to all of her nurse friends and the doctors. And we would just walk through the hospital because we lived in the hospital for about eight months. We would get to go home for a week and then we'd go back into the hospital for a month. And so we got to know the place really well. (laughs) It's also the same hospital where I used to work as a nurse. And so that was really surreal as well. But Indy became the hospital mascot, as people called her, because she just she had this bright purple walker with her with ribbons around the handles, and she would run all over, just laughing and making everyone's day. So people fell in love with her, and it, it was all across the world, and it was very humbling and and touching. And it the love that people had for Indy and our family during that time really carried us through the journey through through the difficulty, which is the cancer journey. It's um, when we talk about grief, I think me realizing that I've been grieving ever since cancer became a part of our part of our life um, is something that I've had to realize in order to work through the grief that I now carry in Indy's absence. So my grief has been very long standing and there's a lot to work through in the past before she before she died as and now in the two years since she's been gone. There are many, many layers to the grief, but Indy, she she fought cancer for four years, like I said, and just before her fifth birthday, just after her fifth birthday, sorry, she um, she passed away, so. Thank you yeah. for, for sharing all of that. I yeah. feel like there's so many things that you just said that yeah. I want to talk about, Yeah. but starting with you, first of all, being pregnant with twins and, yeah. and losing one of your babies during pregnancy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then preparing yourself for your daughter who is coming and then learning that she has Down syndrome. Yeah. And you said something that I've been thinking about that you now feel sad that you grieved that for yeah. a moment. But I, I just want to validate you in that because I think with grief for all of us, we have this expectation of what we think life is going to look like or yeah. what we want it to look like or what we think is going to look like. And then when something unexpected happens, even if it is a good thing or a gift or 
will be something that brings us joy to go from your vision of what you think is happening to a new reality that can bring a lot of grief. And then I I think what I'm hearing from you is the guilt that came from that Mm -hmm. grief because then of who you have explained and shared with the world who Indy is, you are like, well, there was nothing to grieve there because I got Indy. But in those moments where things are different than we think that they're going to be, there is this grieving process. And then your grieving process continued when you learned that she had cancer at 18 months old. Mm Mm-hmm. As I try just even a little bit to put myself in your shoes, it is so difficult to do that. I can only imagine what that was like as a parent to to hear that and to to feel this sense of, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have felt this in my own life um, with my children in the past, this sense of powerlessness where you want to be able to take every single painful thing away from your baby and knowing that you can't, that that's not actually what your role is. I learned that one of my roles as a mother is to sit with them through the hard stuff. And that also adds a layer of grief that is beyond anything I think that we ever feel prepared to go through. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you, being her mother, wanting to protect her from all the hard things, knowing that you couldn't, but then also knowing that you are also the one in your own grief to show up for her? How how did you navigate through that? I think the only thing I knew how to do was show up for Indy. It became my my sole purpose and I was grieving but she was so full of joy and love and happiness that it was much easier to grieve cancer with her here Mm -hmm. than it's been to grieve in her absence in her physical absence she kept me going every day she was so much fun and with my background in medicine as a nurse practitioner, I, I was in holistic medicine and functional medicine. And so it gave me um, this purpose to really help Indy fight cancer. And so we did conventional treatments. Like I said, we lived in the hospital for a long time and we did chemotherapy. And we also did adjunctive treatments where it was like we did the natural stuff on the side and we supported her body with herbs and vitamins and minerals and IV therapy and and diet and that really gave me something to fo- to focus my energy on was well we're going to we're doing this it was just like when she was born and she was born with down syndrome and it shocked us cancer was completely shocking and heartbreaking but it was like we're doing this. And my husband is really great at wrapping his mind around things quickly. And he helped me get there too. Like, no, we're doing this. We're going to fight with her. We're going to be right, right by her side. We're going to help her with in every way that we can. And I didn't have a whole lot of space for my grief to, to be worked through at that time because the focus was, well, we're going to help Indy survive cancer. We need to help her fight cancer. We're going to get through this. We're doing this. And and we just 
you know, put our put our faces <laughs> forward and and gave everything we had to helping her through cancer and um she really made it easier. This is such a I think important conversation to have. There's so many medical mamas who are listening right now and I think that one of the things that we forget about is something that you just said. Your entire focus during your own grief was indie and you were able to get through it at that time because everything your sole purpose as you felt was to give her what she needed to take care of her to to help her in the best that you could feel Mm -hmm. good and and then her joy through that also helped get you through and I think with grief one of one of the hardest things as I have talked to a lot of moms um, who have experienced a lot of medical trauma with their babies Mm -hmm. is when their baby when their person is no longer physically present it's like the grief of all of the years past plus the current grief of the physical absence all comes together to create now this new journey moving forward that I am sure feels very overwhelming because now now that focus of Indy here has to be grieved too. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what what you have done now to be able to keep moving forward in your grief? Because I know that it hasn't been easy because of things that you share. And I also know that you're still in the middle of it. I think you just posted something maybe just yesterday about how Oh, I wish I screenshotted it on my stories. Do you know what I'm referring yes, to? Okay, yeah. tell us what you said yesterday because I thought it was so profound. Yeah, so we've been on this this journey for two years now without Indy here. And and I f- feel at times like I've made progress in healing. Like I've I've overcome so many different areas in this grief journey. And then something will happen and it I feel like it takes me right back to the starting line. And... The grief journey, this healing, this recovery, as I as I stated, it's not linear and it's very up and down. And I do feel like sometimes I'm right back at the starting line and I and that's hard. The feelings are so overwhelming in grief to be right to feel like you're right back at the starting line feels exhausting. Like I I have to now work my way back to where I was, <laughs> you know, and, and it just goes, it's up and down and up and down and forward and back. And, you know, there's a lot of trauma with what we've gone through, especially with medical trauma, as you, as you've said. And it's, it's not just that Indy, that Indy died two years ago. It's for the four years before that, there was so much trauma that just kept stacking up and trauma and grief all through those four years that, as you said, I didn't have time to acknowledge really or to spend time processing. And so after she passed away, all of it came right into my lap. And I've had to process years and years of this trauma and grief. And I've made a lot of progress. But some days it feels like I'm back at the starting line. And it'll usually last for a couple days when that happens. And then I find myself back into a place of healing I want to say or progress Mm -hmm. but but it does it kind of knocks knocks you off your feet sometimes I understand that feeling of 
thinking that you're making progress and then a trigger will happen or even just nothing happens and you're like why do I feel so terrible right now in this moment I thought that I've been working through this and I actually was talking about this with my therapist a couple years ago and it totally changed my perspective on healing and what progress looked like Um, because I used to think that I would make forward progress and then I'd be back at this starting line make forward progress be back at the starting line and she explained healing and progress as a spiral staircase Mm -hmm. so it it feels so hard in the moment because it's like you are literally climbing through and up these different phases of your grief and you're shedding layers of who you once Mm -hmm. were trying to figure out who you are now while trying to create a future that feels better than it does right now Mm -hmm. and and so all through that, we're climbing. And then as something happens, we feel like we're, we started from the beginning, but really we're on a new level. Maybe we're at the same part of the mm-hmm. level, but we're at, we're at a higher level. And so now we are able to walk through whatever that thing is differently than we were a year ago yeah. or a year and a half ago or two years ago. But that is something that has helped me a lot not get so down on myself and also not feel like my grief is always going to be the boss of everything that I do but knowing that you're right I am making progress and even those times where I feel like I'm at the very beginning because it feels so raw uh, the intensity at which I feel it doesn't last as long or the frequency there there's more days of happiness in between or even there's more minutes of happiness in between depending mm-hmm. on where I am at that day but that is something that just really resonated um, with me for anyone who's listening who you share these same feelings of well what do I do because I feel like I'm back at day one even though I've had all this time I love that I think that that's a beautiful way to look at it and very helpful because you're not going all the way back to the starting line you've been climbing this whole time up that spiral that's beautiful yeah thank you like you could never go back to the starting line of what you have learned and experienced not just the past two years but like you said the four years prior six years Mm -hmm. that's a really long time and I would imagine without with just meeting you in person today but I would imagine the person you are now is very different from the person you were six years ago Absolutely. Very different. I think that in grief, that's also something that's not talked about a lot. For me, sometimes I grieve who I used to be. Same. I also appreciate who I am now. And I also, I I tell my husband this often, I'm so glad and I'm so grateful for, for what I know now. I couldn't know it unless these things have happened, which then also makes me really mad that I know it because I wish I didn't. But I'm grateful I do. And so it's this duality of so many freaking emotions that <laughs> are so hard to sift through. Do you ever feel like that? Oh, so often. I feel like that so often. It, and part of grief is grieving the person that you used to be. Yes. Um, because I'm not the same person. And I'm also so grateful for the person I am now and the lessons I've learned and the person I've become through my loss and my heartache and my grief I'm changed in so many good ways, and I'm also changed in so many ways that are really hard for me right now. Yeah. And that's where I, I have looked to you several times because I see 
so many beautiful ways that that you've changed. I've followed you for so long. Um, I've seen so many beautiful ways as you've gone through your healing journey from the very beginning. And, and I look to you for that because I see how much joy there is in your life now. And I know that you have also grieved the, the woman that you used to be. But here we are now and we're the same, but we have so many new perspectives in life that are good and needed. And it's like our soul's gold is what I've heard it referred to before. And I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Our soul's gold. Yeah. But then you, you find it or you're, I want to say I found it. You're, I'm still uncovering yeah. it. And so you start uncovering it and then it's like, well, now what? Mm -hmm. What does this mean? What does this mean for my life? What do I want to do with it? And I think that this is where the conversation of how do I make meaning in yeah. my life after loss really starts making sense in my brain as to why answering this question individually for all of our lives is so important because without it, it can feel really difficult and, and really painful to know how to move forward. Even, even when you find the answer for a moment, it still feels difficult and hard, yeah. <laughs> but yes. it, I think it does add this new layer of purpose for your life. There's a man, his name's David Kessler, and he's a grief researcher. He's been in the grief space for a really long time. If you don't know who he is, I highly recommend you go search him out. I was actually telling Tara that one of the best books I ever read on grief is by him. Um, but we all know that there are five stages of grief, or, or maybe we don't all know, but there are five <laughs> stages of grief that is talked about. And he talks about an additional one that most people don't talk about and that he's trying to talk about more. And it's the sixth stage of grief, which is making meaning. And something that he says that I hold on to really closely because it helps me so much not have so much guilt moving forward and finding joy is he says the cost of what we lost is never worth what we find after or the meaning we find in our life. Mm -hmm. And so finding meaning doesn't mean that somehow we balance the scales with what was lost and what we know now, yeah. but it means that we find a way to honor our past, to be able to move forward, to build a future that can bring life to us, that we're able to honor who we lost or what we lost in the present and move forward with them in our lives. And I read that and, and it helped for whatever reason chip away some of this guilt that I have sometimes when I am really happy or when I am succeeding or in something or when things feel like they're going well. This guilt that I have, well, should I be happy right now? Mm -hmm. Would a, in parentheses, since you can't see me, a good mom <laughs> be happy right now when her other children aren't with her? Like these stories that I've just made up in my head about what grief should look like if I were to grieve how a good mom would grieve. It's helped me let go of some of those things as I have found ways to honor my past while also building a future for myself. I see this in you and I don't even know if you intentionally do this or not. <laughs> but what are some of the ways that you have been making meaning in your life since Indy died to carry her forward with you? Because 
every time I see you do anything, I'm like, they're all doing it together. It's just that one of them isn't physically there with them. Uh, yes. That gave me chills when you said that. Um, I think when you asked the question, is this something I'm doing intentionally? It really has made me think because I, I don't know that I am. I'm going to think more about that because I, we do, we do try to see and fill and include Indy in everything that we do. And I don't know that it's, I think maybe it's become second nature to us now. It's, we realized really quickly on after she passed away that she's forever a part of our family and she is no longer physically here, but we have witnessed so many miracles and signs from Indy, messages from Indy, that it is absolutely impossible to deny that she's still here. So we live that way. We carry forward in life knowing Indy is still here. And that doesn't take the pain away all the time. Um, sometimes it brings, okay, it, it always brings comfort, but it doesn't take the pain away. Um, the comfort of knowing she's still here the pain of knowing I can't look at her physical, beautiful face. I can't hold her. I can't hear her laugh in real time. That pain will always be there. But we know that she will always be moving through life with us. And she is the best little angel. So I love talking about this. And you mentioned earlier that I brought you a gift today. Yes. Um I brought what I brought her was a, a bag and it, it, on it it says hellos from the other side and it's a bunch of pictures of different ways that our loved ones send us hellos while we're still living here on earth and these include um, dragonflies and hummingbirds and butterflies, light, um, sunsets, feathers, the ladybugs, numbers on the clock, all these different messages that our loved ones can send us and Indy has been very, she is a powerful little being and she was when she was here and we saw this and my husband and I would always kind of question like, what is it about her? Because she's our daughter, so we love her and we think the world of her, right? But people all across the world also felt this towards her, like this, I'm so drawn to her. We have gotten countless thousands of emails messages about how Indy has changed the people's lives like your daughter saved me like in my darkest moment of depression your daughter saved me from suicide I, you know just extremely deep things that it's hard for my husband and I to even fathom like how this cute little girl that they would just hop on Instagram and watch every day how did she completely change you and and change you for the better and the stories are miraculous so she's always been a powerful little being and that did not change in her passing so one of the first the first signs um that that we received in her passing was you know they told us that she had two weeks left to live and um, this was in april she ended up living six more weeks she gave me one more mother's day she gave us one more birthday, her fifth birthday, which was May 19th, and then she passed away June 3rd. 
it's just a couple of the things that let me know, wow, God is in all of these details and Indy is in these details with God. For, the, for those last six weeks that we were home with her, I started seeing 11-11 on the clock every night. And I thought, I noticed it. And I thought, why am I seeing this time every night? The night that Indy passed away, um, we thought we had all, we thought she would be here for a lot, like more hours than she was. She wasn't showing the typical signs of someone who is close to passing. But all of a sudden, it shifted and it went very quickly, which I'm happy for her that it went that way, that it was so fast. She was so good up until the very last moments of just like, you know, the day she passed away, she was eating breakfast. She was laughing. She was telling us that she wanted to go on an airplane and, and go to Puerto Rico and go to the beach. Um, and she, she was happy. It was really sweet. And then that evening she passed away. But as I said, it went really quickly. And my husband, just moments before she passed away, he said, Mommy, it's time. And he picked her up and he, because our grandparents, the, her grandparents, our parents were with her at that time because we thought we had all night. Um, he said, Mommy, it's time. And he picked her up and he ran her um, into my arms just down the hall and we went onto my bed in our bedroom and I only got to hold her for like her last three breaths, but she, her eyes had been closed for about six hours. She had just been sleeping and right as she took her last breath, she opened up her eyes and she looked directly into mine, just like into my soul. And then she took her last breath and closed her eyes. And my husband looked at me and he said, it was 11-11. And I, oh, it was the most painful moment of my existence, um, that moment. But when he said, it's 11-11, it hit me like there are angels all around and God is here and Indy is still here and she's with God and she's with angels. And there's really not a lot that separates us. And I'd been seeing that number for six weeks prior as a way to let me know you're being supported. This is divine what's about to happen because death can be a beautiful thing and Indy was free of her suffering and that's all I ever wanted for her ever since cancer became a part of our story and her life all I ever wanted was her to be healthy and happy and free of the burden and she was and that's the beauty in in her passing and I, I, I've learned to like the word transition better because I've learned she really is still here. Um, she's just now a, not a physical being. She's a spiritual being again, and she's supporting us endlessly. So we see messages from her all the time, letting us know that she's here. And it's beautiful. Butterflies, feathers, sunsets. I would, month, like two months after she passed, we would get the most unreal stunning sunsets that people all across the world would send us pictures and messages saying wow Indy painted the sky for me tonight I really needed her and look at this and they'd send us a picture and we have these sunset pictures from all across the world and it's a really beautiful thing we 
had a baby boy. He's seven months old now. Our little rainbow baby. And he was born just in, in, incredible. He looks so much like Indy. And he does. he does. And when he was six weeks old and he started smiling, we were just in awe because he smiles with his his eyes just like Indy did. And we see her through him so much. And one of our signs for Indy, she has always left little white feathers for her little sister. And she has this whole treasure box full of feathers. And when Zeeland, our baby boy, was born, very quickly we started noticing these tiny baby feathers which we've never seen in our house before and they were just they would be on him at the most like random beautiful times on his swaddle on his jammies on his face <laughs> like and it would just be I'd be holding him set him down and all of a sudden a feather would appear and it just it was really beautiful to know like India is still here and she's she's wants us to know that she's still here and I think all of our loved ones want us to know that and it's just about us learning the ways that they're showing up for us and the ways that they're communicating. And we do, we try to look for, for her in everything that we do. If we go on vacation, we know that she's coming with us. It's just in a different form. And we'll look for the butterflies and the sunsets and, and the songs and all, all the different ways that we feel her and, and know that she's still there. Thank you for sharing all of that yeah. <laughs> with us. I, as you were sharing about Indy, something that I love about Indy that, I mean, I've obviously never met her in person. Mm -hmm. I'm just meeting you for the first time. But I feel like when you see Indy, you feel like you have known her because of this light that she radiates, which I think was one of the reason, reasons why you've gotten so many messages from people who she's helped out of their darkest times because Indy is light. That's who she is. And I think that seeing that in human form and seeing this little girl go through so much and still go through it is like, well, if she can do that, then I can do yeah. this. And I think from my view of Indy and and just her impact on me without even meeting her is being able to pull down deeper this inner courage that I think a lot of people don't know that they have but Indy found it in herself yeah and because Indy found it in herself I think it has empowered a lot of other people to find it in them and yeah. I just think that's so I think that's so beautiful that even now to this day, even though she has transitioned, she's still impacting so many people's lives because she's here all, all around and you carry her with you so beautifully. As we were talking, something else that I also really want to honor is that as a mom, you know, and you so, are so excited to be there for your baby's first breaths and to to be the one to welcome them as they enter the world mm -hmm. but as a mom you're never prepared for and no one prepares you for being the one to hold your baby as they take their final breaths yeah. and you had to do both of those things and I just want to honor that for you because the bravery 
and the courage that that takes as a mom is outerworldly. And yet you have had to find it in you to be able to do that. And Indy is so full of light and love and courage. And in the grief space or in the, you know, therapy space, we know that that kids mirror their parents' reactions to things. Yeah. And I want you to also know that Indy got a lot of that from you. Like you, the light that everyone finds in Indy, I know she found in you. And I feel like you, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I know that the pain of all of it, again, is never worth the the lesson or, or the meaning after. Like, I wish we weren't having this conversation right now. And yeah. I know you wish we weren't having this conversation right now. But I also feel like you were the mother for Indy to be able to help her in her life how she needed the support. And you did it, Tara. Like, <laughs> I just, of course, your grief is so big right now because you've shown up for her for so long and now as you navigate healing and and grief and what it means I just want you to have people to show up for you as you showed up for your daughter and I for whatever it's worth you're doing a really freaking good job and I know that it's been hard and I know that your your story i know that indy's life is going to continue to reach so many people one of the things that you have also done in making meaning with the transition of indy is you guys have a nonprofit yeah. that you're helping support other families yeah. with can you tell us about that because this is again another way that you and i think it's been unintentional but i i think as i'm i'm hearing you and listening is like okay how do we move forward how do we bring her with us yeah. and this part of it you just are coming up with answers as you take each day day by day so tell us yes. about this nonprofit yes first i want to acknowledge everything that you just said and thank you for that one thing that has been hard for me is is the light that existed in our family when indy was here feels like it went out for a while and I know that it's it's still there and it's it's a beautiful thing for me to hear you say remind me that Indy got this light from me and from my husband and and our family still carries this light because it does sometimes feel like it has gone out and as we're talking about finding meaning as we've gone through this grief journey without her here physically the past two years, finding meaning is what brings little snippets of light back into our lives, back into our family. It's been really hard. <laughs> um, but that's how we keep going. So our nonprofit, we, after Indy transitioned, we talked about doing a nonprofit to help other cancer families. Um, but we wanted to make sure that it was something we were really prepared for, something that really felt right and not something we rushed into because we didn't know what else to do with ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. And 
we gave it some time and just this year, I mean, it ha- it's since we realized what it needed to be and what we were doing, it's happened quickly because again, indie speaks with power to us and my husband is currently in the process of writing a book, which I'm excited. He's no, that yeah. is going to be. I just honestly yeah. got goosebumps. Look, yeah, I have goosebumps did. over my entire <laughs> body right now. Yeah, I can't wait for. Yeah. I don't even know what the book is about, but I <laughs> honestly cannot wait for yeah. it. Yeah, it. I mean, he's he's amazing, and it's going to be good. He was one day in in Indy's room. That's where he's been writing, working on his book, and all of a sudden. He the idea just like fell into his lap, he says. And when he told me the idea, I was like, that is it. That's perfect. That's what we need to do. So one thing with Indy, we spent so much time traveling with her. And just like when she was born with Down syndrome and my husband was like, we're doing this. We took her to Europe for a month and we took her to Puerto Rico and we took her to Hawaii. Which is so <laughs> wild with the baby. Like we just started traveling with yeah. ours and she's 15 months. So Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was my husband. Like, no, we are not gonna let Down syndrome slow us down. Like grief isn't, you know, we're we're doing this. And so we had so much fun with Indy and that's one thing that we look back with so many fond memories and and joyful experiences where in between, it was before cancer, and it was also all during cancer that we traveled with her, and we made these memories. And Indy loved the beach, and she loved the ocean. She loved going on airplanes. I don't like airplane rides, and so she helped me be brave for the airplane rides because she would talk about it all the time. About I just want to go on an airplane and go to the beach and the ocean, and she talked so adorably. Um, so we decided um, we wanted to help other cancer families be able to take vacations during the fight. So when we were in the hospital the very last time with Indy, when they told us she only had a few weeks left, our social worker that had been with us the whole time, um, she came in the room and she stayed with us for a while and she just said, you know, I wish every family could do the cancer battle the way that you guys have done it. I've watched with awe these past few years. You never stopped living and you never stopped Um, giving a beautiful life to Indy and I think it is really difficult when you're in the fight to have the mental capacity to even plan a vacation oh yeah the energy yeah the finances especially if you're in the hospital all the time so many things yes so we want to take care of that for other families and take care of all the planning, all the logistics, all the financial responsibilities so that they can just go spend time with their loved ones and make memories. Cause, I mean, the greatest, some of the greatest memories we have with Indy are like watching her twirl her necklace sitting on her towel on the beach at sunset. It was truly beautiful. And she loved it and she was so happy. And life just changes quickly because one day we were on the beach in Puerto Rico and the next day we were in the hospital in Puerto Rico. And and then we flew home and we're told she only had a few weeks left. And we would have had no idea that was coming the night that we were all at the beach together. And so grateful for the reprieve from the mental load, the heaviness of cancer, the heaviness of worrying about your child's life. Um, our moments at the beach with Indy were a reprieve from that, and it it was such a gift. And now you're bringing this gift to other families. There's this chaplain 
at a hospital who I follow, and he calls himself a grief catcher hmm. because he goes and gives the last rites to patients who are transitioning, and then he speaks with their families also, and he describes it as being a grief catcher. Hmm. And this whole time that you've been talking right now about this nonprofit and this beautiful, special, sacred work that you're doing through it, that's what I kept thinking of is you, you guys are grief catchers now also mm. catching other people in their grief, catching their grief, showing up. There's, there's this power. I think that comes when someone is grieving, when someone else sees you because they understand and then they also show up and say, we're not going to let you do this alone. Yeah. And that's what you all are doing right now. And, and Indy is doing in this mm messy but beautiful but so hard and so just healing parts of it this way of making meaning after and it's yeah. and you've said it it's messy and and some days you feel like you're starting from the beginning and also how how would we ever move forward in our life without bringing her with us and you allowing all of those emotions to come up is why you have had such an impact in so many people's lives. And I just, I could sit in this car for the whole rest of the day, just crying with you and talking with you and just really holding space, catching your grief, like just holding space for you. I, I've never cried this much on any interview I've ever done in my entire life. Um, but I feel like I feel the power of indie. Yeah. I feel the light of you and I just hope that you know that there are people grieving with you. I'm grieving with you and I know you're two years out, but I also know that I can feel like it just happened Yeah, yesterday. Yes. And you are a grief catcher as well. When you were saying that to me, I, I just want to reciprocate that to you because just you allowing me to be here and talking with you and sharing my story is a way for all my love towards Indy to be expressed. And I love when people say that grief is unexpressed love because it truly is. Because I should be expressing my love to Indy by feeding her, by holding her, loving her, dancing with her, laughing with her, all the things that we did before. And I can't do those things anymore. And the, the best thing I know how to do, secondary to those things, is talking about her and continuing to share her and shine her light and help other people and and that is finding meaning yes yeah. that is finding meaning and I just feel so honored that I got to be in this car to hear more about her and also experience you in person because you are a gift also I would love to end with something you wrote a really long time ago but it has stuck with me all of this time and I think about it often is that you said grief doesn't get easier, but it becomes more familiar. Yeah. Can you explain what that means to anyone right now who is just really sitting in it or maybe they're at their day one or maybe they're at their day 365 or 4,000, but it feels like day one? Yes. What does that mean? So immediately after losing Indy, I woke up every day to the shock of it over and over and going to sleep was hard because I would have to wake up and every time I woke up I remembered that she was no longer physically there and 
it was shocking to my system every day over and over. And then with time that started to get a little bit less frequent and then a little bit less intense. And I think over these past two years, um, that's just one example of a way that it's become more familiar. Um, I wake up every day and I'm able to function knowing she's not physically here. It doesn't shock me the same way that it used to. And then I and then I go throughout the day and I pray in the morning and I say, Indy, please be with me and show me that you're with me today. And then I look for the way that she shows up for me that day, whether it's a feather or a butterfly or a sunset or a hummingbird or all the, you know, different things where I'm able to feel the peace of, mm. okay, Indy is with me. And in that way, I feel, and our family as a whole, losing somebody like this is so shocking and you don't know how to pick up the pieces and you don't know how to keep living. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Indy was my focus for her entire life. It was, I quit my career. Everything was Indy for me. And to then continue on, losing her stripped me bare and to figure out how to keep living was so hard and that's the part that's become more familiar. Mm -hmm. Living without her physically here, the familiarity of living with her spiritually here. And does this make sense? Yes. I'm saying. Yes, it makes absolute (laughs) sense. It just, I'm able to make it through the days easier with this newness because it's become more familiar. It doesn't make it hurt less but I'm able to get through the hurt easier thank you for sharing that yeah I like don't want this to end because I don't (laughs) want you to leave same um but thank you for being here for and not just here physically right now but for all of the emotion and heart that you put out into your message to the world all the time for the people that you are helping now for your sharing of your beautiful daughter of your whole family is so beautiful you share all of them and I'm just grateful and lucky to know you and just thank you for being here I know that this episode is going to help so many people thank you Ashley I'm so truly honored that you asked me to be here and Thank you for allowing me to share our story and talk about Indy. Yes, of course. And now I'm like, okay, uh, can we be friends? And then we can just talk on the phone about her anytime. All the time. Because because that it's just been such an honor to talk about her. So thank you. Yes. Thank you all so much for joining us on this week's episode of Healing Her. I hope that these just tangible tools of how can you make meaning in your life after loss have helped you. We would love to hear from you in the show notes below. We are going to tag Tara's Instagram so you can go and find her and send her messages of something from this episode that has really impacted you today. I know that she would love to hear that from you. And also in the show notes is the link to the website, to the podcast where you can leave your questions for me because I want to make sure that We are answering them live on air every Tuesday. We'll see you next week. And until then, take good care of yourself. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination. It's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. 
And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.